And welcome to a, another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Dozell and myself, Sonny, and them sit at the crossroads of faith and pop culture and talk about the things that we see, the things that go on. And Dan, one of those entities that kind of crosses the intersection quite a bit is Hollywood. There's a couple mm-hmm. of actors that are, you know, have stood up for their Christian faith. You know, Mark Wahlberg is one of them and um, Chris Pratt is another one. But when we take a look at Hollywood and how it relates to Christianity, Hollywood itself tends to not or tends to treat Christianity not in a great way. And it's almost like, as you write in an article, it's almost like Hollywood has become this cult of itself, a religion of itself that really Mm -hmm. pushes against traditional faith and has really created its own kind of faith. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think very much so, Son. In fact, just here during your intro, the thought that crossed my mind that I hadn't really addressed in the article, but I think it's very true. You know, what are those areas where man is tempted uh, the most, it seems, and where the devil then uses that to drag people's souls away from the Lord and, and, and ultimately to hell? Well, you know, people often talk about, you know, the big three being, um, you know, money and fame and sex. And, and when you think about Hollywood, it's a celebration of all three of those things um, to the extreme. Uh, you, you know, it's all about uh, being famous, being the, the A-list actor. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you would think they were like uh, Greek gods, uh, you, you know, because of all the attention, notoriety and and uh, uh, and just uh, fame that, that they get. Uh, so so you got the fame. You obviously have the money, you know, millions of dollars that, that these actors and actresses are worth and, and that these producers make and these movie companies. Uh, and then, of course, the sex component. Um, and, and, uh, you know, Harvey Weinstein and his casting couch and, and all the, the women that he abused is that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg of what seems like something that Hollywood uh, experiences all the time. So, so when you have those three things being really prominent or at least being practiced, if, if nowhere else behind the scenes and secretly, uh, you definitely are going to be flowing in a lot of dark energy. Which is just another way of saying, you know, biblically, um, you're opening up the door for uh, for demonic power to be very, very strong uh, and, and and to be very um, influential in people's lives. So uh, so I, I think the sense in which Hollywood is is a cult is, is that if you do uh, begin to talk about Jesus as your savior and and you share the gospel, it is such a foreign concept to so many in Hollywood, and, and and I think actually quite offensive uh, to so many because man's nature is offended by the message. Uh, so it's not just the fact that they're in Hollywood. Uh, it's kind of a combination of the fact that there are so many who've chosen to live for uh, money, sex, and fame. Now, certainly not all. And, and we're, you know, there, uh, there are certainly Christians in Hollywood who, who say, you know, that's not the answer. You know, the answer is Jesus. But the vast majority um, certainly don't seem interested in promoting um, a, uh, a, a Christian message. Although I did just read this week here again, Son, that, uh, you know, another one of these articles that talked about how, you know, Hollywood's kind of waking up to the realization that um, some of these um, 
Christian themed movies uh, are able to make money. You know, one of the, one of the most recent ones I, I saw now where uh, the Jesus Revolution uh, topped fifty million dollars at the box office, and and that gets Hollywood's attention. It's kind of ironic, isn't it, son? That that um, that they would be drawn to the potential of a Christian movie if it could make them money. So so when I'll say one of the gods of Hollywood um, can be satisfied, you know, the god of making money, um, you know, it's almost in a way like they're willing to overlook some measure of, of a Christian theme. So that, that, that's kind of interesting. And then, of course, you've got those who, um, you know, there's like pure flicks, you know, media. Uh, they've produced a lot of great Christian movies. And, and, and so you, you've got both things going on like you have everywhere in the world. There's light and there's darkness. But when I think of Hollywood, I kind of think of like the larger version of like Scientology, which is interestingly right there in the L.A. area. But, you know, Tom Cruise, of course, is uh, the most famous Scientologist. But that cult, and, and most people recognize that that's a cult. Even, you know, non-Christians recognize that's a cult. Uh, Christians certainly recognize that's a cult. But but I don't think many non-Christians necessarily think of Hollywood as a cult because they haven't really connected the dots. But for those of us on the inside of Christianity, Son, um, you know, we're very attuned when a, a Christian uh, actor, actress, uh, you know, shares their faith or, or, or witnesses, and, and we're very observant to, you know, how are they treated? Uh, how does Hollywood respond? And, uh, you know, it, it definitely goes against the cult of Hollywood. I mean, what, let's face it, what, Mel Gibson, wasn't he essentially blackballed after uh, producing The Passion of the Christ? I mean, how much is how much work has he even had in Hollywood since that? So I, I think he is uh, pretty much despised in, in Hollywood now, largely because he would tackle uh, what, what they consider to be such a, a uh, taboo subject, but, but that taboo subject is the heart of our faith as Christians, and it's the only path of salvation for, um, for anyone. So um, we're not ashamed to, to put that out there. Mel Gibson wasn't ashamed to put that out there. Jim Caviezel, who, who took the part of, uh, played the part of Jesus in the movie, uh, I think we'd be hard-pressed to find uh, a more devout Christian in Hollywood than Jim Caviezel. I mean, if you hear him speak and, and the depth of his faith. Uh, so, uh, you know, there is, it's a mixed bag there in Hollywood. And of course, as always, son, as Christians, you know, we're called to be respectful as we share the gospel. We're, we're called to be gentle. Uh, we, we, we don't want to go in there or anywhere else like a, a bull in a china shop. Um, we're not called to like plow people over with the message. But by the same token, we're, we're called to not be ashamed of it. And, and we can be very uh, proud of the cross. I mean, you know, the Apostle Paul said, man, I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, the Bible does say the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. So you, you kind of got that intersection there at the cross in Hollywood. Um, the majority in Hollywood, I think, would see that message as foolish. Uh, I mean, you know, you can talk about God. You can talk about, you know, a few, you know, um, a few just non-offensive uh, things, let's say, about about Christianity. Well, you know, God is love and Jesus loved people. And, and you know, but, but, but once you go to the message of the cross, once you go to the only way that man's sin can be atoned for and, and our sins could be paid and the, the only means by which we can have access to the Father is through the cross, well, then, you know, Hollywood's going to shut you off, shut you down, uh, blackball you. And, and really, it's a miracle that the passion of the Christ, um, you know, even got made, uh, you know, given how many forces there are in the world that are really working to keep that very message from getting out there. 
Yeah, you know, you take a look at some of the the movies that were successful. I mean, you think about God's Not Dead with Kevin Sorbo, and then that had a couple sequels to it, I guess. Um, you know, you talk about uh, Father Stew, which I think was Mark Wahlberg's uh, movie with that yeah. priest, you know. That did pretty well. Obviously, you mentioned the most recent one, Jesus Revolution, which was getting a lot of good reviews from the standpoint of from Christians that I know. It wasn't preachy. It wasn't your typical, you know, religious film. It was like a true nostalgia film on actual events that took place. And then, you know, Lee Strobel's Case for Christ, obviously the Kendrick brothers and their, you know, series of movies, including Facing yeah. the Giants, you know, there's a lot of them. And it's almost like, though, you have to become above the system in order to be immune from the system. And what I mean by that is you mentioned Chris Pratt. I mean, he's a an actor that brings in like, you know, tons of money in the movies that he is in. You think about um, Mark Wahlberg, again, being able to do some stuff because he brings in money in the films that he's in. Um, obviously, you've had people like Kirk Cameron that have kind of stepped away from that limelight and have moved into other areas of Hollywood's aspect, you know, whether it be promoting his ministry or books or whatever it might be, pushing back against, you know, drag queen libraries, sessions and stuff like that. Um, and so you've got these various people. Uh, I think Patricia Heaton was another one, you know, when you had someone who is kind of above the, the system. And so it's like these people, they make a name for themselves. They have brought, like you said, they fed the Hollywood God of money. And so they're kind of above it and they can't really get criticized too much because Hollywood needs them still to make that money. But it's almost like if you're not above that system, if you're not, if you're not needed, then the little person that might be of faith is going to have a harder time to navigate Hollywood's evil ways because there is so much pressure and so much desire for, fame and fortune and being able to be or even just achieve your goals that a lot of people I guess get get caught up in that and they get swept away with that life of Hollywood and they lose their soul I think that's exactly right son and I think it is very challenging for uh, for Christians who are seeking to follow Christ in everything they do uh, to really um, you know, exist in Hollywood and and thrive in Hollywood. It, it, it does happen, but it is definitely uh, challenging. Uh, although, you know, we mentioned with like Pure Flix films and, and Jesus Revolution, these other movies you mentioned, and, and many others. Um, you know, there definitely uh, is a living to be made there for those who are called into that. You know, you mentioned Kirk Cameron, for example. Um, you know, Kirk Cameron, uh, interestingly, son. You know, he has decided, and he's been doing this with. Uh, um, his evangelism efforts there with Ray Comfort for, for many years. Uh, now you mentioned with the libraries. Uh, Kirk Cameron has decided to do much more than just curse the darkness. He's decided to shine the light, which ultimately is going to be our best uh, approach. Um, you know, uh, Kirk Cameron, as I wrote in the article, uh, you know, has spent several decades in the industry. Um, he's witnessed the intolerance firsthand. Uh, and then I, I had this quote in the article by Kirk Cameron. In this town, you can be a wife-beating man depressive crackhead and everyone opens their arms to you they say hey pal don't worry about it we'll get you into recovery it's all part of the journey but if you become a born-again christian and love jesus christ and want to share that with other people they say you've committed the unpardonable sin 
And I think Kirk Cameron really summed up um, the issue there, Son. And, and again, it's not only an issue with Hollywood. The world itself is um, is, is is opposed to the message of the cross. Uh, but but he he rightly points out that um, it's when you start to share the gospel, um, when you start to lift up Jesus Christ as the only Savior of the world. Um, now you've committed the unpardonable sin in, in Hollywood. So that should tell you right there what the spirit of Hollywood is often about. You know, these Christian examples that we're giving, obviously, um, that's light in the darkness. That, that That's people who, who, who've recognized that, you know, we could talk until we're blue in the face about, um, you know, the dangers of pursuing money, sex, and fame, and, and the dangers of, um, you know, any religion uh, that, that where, where you're, you're, you're not coming to Christ in repentance and faith. But, but there are those in Hollywood who have uh, prayed that God would put his armor around them, protect them wherever they go, whenever they speak. Um, and God is using some of these warriors uh, for the faith, these men and women who uh, are serving Jesus Christ in that in that dark place. I mean, the whole world is, is living in darkness. The whole world is under the dominion uh, of, of the ruler of the air. You know, Satan is, is ruling his forces in this world. It won't be that way in heaven, okay? Uh, it won't even be that way in hell one day when, when the devil is thrown into the lake of burning sulfur. You know, people have this idea, son, that, well, you know, hell is this place where, where, where Satan is ruling, and, and, and you know, um, now if you're sent there now, you know, the demons are going to be the ones, you know, tormenting you and whatnot. Uh, well, you know, the, the Bible speaks about the devil and the demons being tormented themselves once they're cast into hell. It doesn't describe them uh, having any freedom, uh, not, not, not the freedom to to oppress others, um, they're going to, well, you know, Revelation 20.10, it talks about Satan. It says, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, now compare that to uh, what, even what uh, it says in the book of Revelation, uh, when Jesus is addressing the seven churches, and when he's talking about um, the church in Pergamum, uh, all of those uh, churches are in modern-day Turkey, but um, when he's addressing that church, he, he talks about the city where Satan has his throne. And that's very interesting, because when you think about it, the devil got cast down to earth from heaven when he rebelled against God. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And so, obviously, in the spiritual realm, um, Satan has to have his throne somewhere. I mean, sure, I'm sure he roams about, but he's also like, um, you know, like Saddam Hussein um, or Osama bin Laden or any terrorist leader. Um, he's going to have his headquarters. And he's going to have his place where he hangs out and, and directs his troops to carry out their agenda, uh, being the spiritual terrorist network that they are, uh, the devil and his demons. So uh, does Satan still have his throne there? Um, I love the fact that Jesus identified the exact location um, of that, because it's a good reminder that, you know, um, this is the only time Satan's going to have any uh 
any rule over anything as he rules his demons right now with fear uh, and hatred um, and their hatred for Christ and for Christians, because I don't read anything in the Bible that says once he's cast into the lake of fire, that that he's going to be ruling anyone. Uh, He's going to be too busy suffering and agonized torment in the lake of burning sulfur as the demons will be suffering forever. And, and, And so this idea that, you know, Satan and his demons are just enjoying eternity. Uh, you know, causing pain to those who are lost. Uh, I, I don't see that. No, no. Yes, pain for, for those in hell, for sure. But but at the hands of the devil, um, I, I don't read that in the Bible. I don't think the devil or the demons are, are going to be afforded that, that opportunity uh, once they're cast into the lake of burning sulfur. You, know, you mentioned the uh, you know the assault on Christianity coming from Hollywood, but it's also kind of taken a a turn in society yet again. It happened a few years ago, you know, five six years ago, whenever it was, when there was a lot of lawsuits and against Christian bakers, florists, you know, t shirt makers, people like that. Um, there was an assault on the church itself during the pandemic when they were trying to shut everybody down. I know John MacArthur's church was uh, heavily targeted by the government agencies out there. Um, And then now you hear these stories about, you know, the FBI penetrating the Catholic Church. And, you know, Walter Reed, apparently they had a Catholic uh, priest kicked out of Walter Reed uh, who was trying to comfort people there. And so as America turns its back on God and continues to do that and becomes aggressive in that and and uh, adopts ideology, you know, whether it be a cultic religion or LGBT or trans or anything that's anti-God, anti-Bible. Do you think that society is going to continue to get better to the point, or I mean, is it going to get worse, not better and be on the point of no return because we're just inundated day in and day out with a lot of, you know, anti-Christ type material, whether it be the influences of social media. Um, I think there was this new movie coming out called the Pope's, uh, um, something about the Pope and, and an exorcism and the Pope's so, exorcist, I think maybe. Yeah, and so yeah. you've got like these movies that are coming out like that. And they're just kind of these, you know, and, and, and I mean, just the whole world, like you said, the dark, the darkness in the world, the evil spirits in the world that are running, it tends to be more and more prominent as the days and weeks and years go by. Yeah, it definitely uh, seems to be going that direction, son. You know, I, I'm reminded of something I read recently um, re- regarding uh, Joe Rogan, I guess, has been influenced in his thinking by the British author and political commentator. Maybe you've seen him on TV, but Douglas Murray. And he's a very um, eloquent speaker about what's going on in the world today. He wrote a book called The War on the West. Um, and, uh, you know, just, I think, a, a wise uh, individual, uh, uh he was born in uh, born in London, uh, but um, I believe Joe Rogan has been influenced uh, by Douglas's Mur- Douglas Murray's uh, thoughts on the fact that when a society is about on its last leg. You know, when it's running out of fumes, one of the final things it will do is, is, is start to even turn against just the most basic norms and foundational things such as gender, um, uh, because it has, it has nowhere else to go and it's, it, it's devolved into that. But that tends to be one of the last things, uh, before a, uh, a civilization just kind of implodes on itself. And, and that is a tragic, terrible 
terrible thought uh, for America. Um, if this thing doesn't get turned around, I mean, we know we need revival. We know people need Christ. Um, uh, you know, the question remains as, as there are those out there pushing this, this, this transgender revolution, you know, there's the Jesus revolution going on, but there's also the transgender revolution. And, and I think Joe Rogan has uh, been, been persuaded by Douglas Murray's comments and, and others like him who have pointed that out, that uh, this is, is, is one of the final things, because, you know, sometimes people have said, son, that, that once a society just gives itself over to homosexuality, that that, that is just really uh, a sign of the end for, for a society historically. But, but, but then to even go to the point where now you are um, seeking to just eradicate uh, the gender distinctions, male and female, where you are justifying in your mind these science fiction projects and experiments on children. Um, you know, what did I just read the other day? And this has been going on for some time now, but um, uh, I, I think there was a mother who was maybe suing a school district because um, her uh, her child had uh, had pursued, uh, you know, uh, uh, surgery, uh, radical surgery, gender surgery um, without any consent of the parents. But 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 how how low does a society have to get for it to um, endorse uh, gay marriage? Uh, you know, in the Bible, you know, there is no such thing. I mean, I mean, God invented marriage. God created marriage. Man can call it that. But uh, there is no such thing as gay marriage. Um, you know, it just, it just doesn't exist uh, except in man's um, in, in man's dark revolution to revolt against God's design. God's design for uh, for marriage. You know, it's interesting, son. I I have an article that's actually uh, going to post uh, tomorrow at the Christian Post, and it it, um, it it deals with some of these issues. And I'll just tell you here the uh, the, the 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 title of it, and then I'll, there are just six very short uh, main main points here to it. Uh, but the title is "Man's Sinful Nature Scoffs at Divine Exclusivity." So uh, there are these six areas where God says there are no other options. This is it. So number one, one God. And then I have Bible verses to support that. Number two, one Savior. And of course, Jesus, you know, saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, and, and verses to support that. Number three, one plan for gender. Uh, so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created him, male and female, he created them. One design for marriage. Uh, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. One plan for sexuality. Uh, the Bible says, flee from sexual immorality. All of the other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. And uh, and then in Corinthians, it also says, but since there's so much immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. So that's the plan. That's the design. That's the, there is no other. And then number six, one design for eternity. And in Daniel, it says, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Jesus said essentially the same thing, son. He said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate narrow the road that leads to life and only if you find it so so these things these huge uh topics um are all exclusive um there there is not more than one god there is not more than one savior 
There is not more than one plan for gender or, or one plan uh, and design for marriage or one plan for sexuality or one design for eternity. So I, I think what you see is that when man is living in darkness, he, he struggles with a number of those things and, and, and many times just flat out rejects them and does not accept them. And, and as we know, Son, um, you know, it, it, until you accept Jesus as your Savior, you are living in spiritual darkness. So you're, you're definitely going to be. Um, uh, pulled in, in, in the direction of all of those things. And isn't it interesting today how, you know, the, the, the people who are pro-gay marriage, pro-transgenderism, they, they, they also tend to be universalists. Um, they, they don't really believe anybody's going to hell. Or may, you know, maybe Hitler, maybe a few people, uh, you know, but many of them don't even believe there is a literal hell. They don't believe there's a literal devil. Um, they don't believe in absolutes. Um, they've been deceived by uh, the prince of darkness and by their own sinful uh, ideas and tendencies, which we all have. And, and, and if we were left to our own devices and our own ideas, um, we would reject every one of those six things that I just I just talked about there. So um, man, uh, man's sinful nature, son, it, it scoffs at divine exclusivity. Oh, if you want to talk about God in a generic way and God, God loves everybody. And and um, I mean, that's not going to offend too many people. But once you start getting down to specifics, what does the Bible teach about God? Uh, this is where many people uh, say, I, I got to check out at this point. Um, I don't want to offend my coworker. I don't want to offend some of my relatives. Um, they don't seem to mind offending God. I, I guess they assume they're not. Uh, but when you reject truth, of course you're offending God. And when you stand before him on judgment day, what are you going to say? What are you going to say to Jesus, your creator? And, and he would have loved to have been your redeemer and savior if only you'd accepted him. If only you'd repented of your sins. What are you going to say? Well, I was too afraid. I was living in fear. Fear of my culture, fear of being canceled, um, uh, you know, fear of, of, of being called a fundamentalist. Um, well, I tell you what, son, nobody in heaven is, is, is worried. Uh, they might have been called a fundamentalist and, and nobody in hell is, is thinking, man, I, I'm sure glad that um, I never offended anybody. I mean, sure, I ended up here, but um, I mean, so it just doesn't make sense. But, but Satan has a way of, and our own sinful ideas have a way of wrapping themselves around our mind, confusing us. And this is why we need the Bible. This is why we need God's love letter in those 66 books. Because without that, we would not be wise for salvation, which, which is what the Bible says, that all scripture is God breathed and, and that it makes us wise for salvation. So this is what the world needs. And, and that's why movies like the Jesus Revolution um, are, uh, are, are, are pointing out um, something that's going on, has been going on for 2000 years. Uh, people have been uh, getting converted, spiritually converted uh, through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ when they receive a gift on the front end and trust Jesus to wash away their sins. And that continues to be our mission, son, and, and the, the thing we're called to spread in Hollywood and, and far beyond. You know, Dan, I know we haven't as a society reached rock bottom yet because there's been a lot of pushback to Bud Light and their, you know, um, spokesperson, the new spokesperson yeah. that is uh, transgendered, I guess, to the tune of Anheuser-Busch has lost like $5 billion of uh, valuation. Yeah. So I know we're not there yet. So there's still hope, like you said, and that we've talked about. But the other problem that keeps arising is that of the church itself, because you mentioned in that article that's going to be coming out, you know, one way 
to heaven through Jesus, right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's Jesus speaking. And, yeah. and if you are a Christian, I guess we have to now clarify it these days. Are you a Bible-believing Christian, or are you just mm-hmm. someone that is attending a non-Catholic, non-Muslim, non-Seventh-day you know, Seventh Day Adventist? I mean, is it just a classification like everything else? Because if you're a right. Christian, a Christ follower, you would yeah. have to believe that when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to follow but by me, um, yeah. that that's true. But there are so many people, and I know you've heard this story ad nauseum, doing a show, the show where you and I met, the Frank Sontag show, we said that verse, and then we opened the phones yeah. and said, is there any other way to G- any other way to heaven or to the Father? And yeah. people would give us their Christian resume, and they would say, but there is other ways to get to heaven. And it's mm. like, so again, and then we've talked, you know, about um, – that one, I think it was Bethel. I mean, there's been so many, but I think it was that Bethel church with that lady talking about how, you know, the angels are sending text messages and they're farting and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of mm-hmm. complete, irrele- uh, you know, and uh, just complete disregard to the reverence of mm-hmm. God. And so right. it seems like that the church, instead of standing out, is kind of following along society in certain areas and kind of really going down because they're not following biblical principles. And instead they're trying to be cool, hip, you know, whatever. And that narcissism, you know, feeling like you talked about sex, money and fame, you know, mm-hmm. well, maybe they want the money and the fame. I don't know what they're, you know, in some instances we see some sexual sexualized activity going on, but it seems like they're following that mm-hmm. same, the two of those three same gods. And like meatloaf said, Hey, two out of three ain't bad. You got fame and money. You must <laughs> right, be doing all right. 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 Yeah, that, that, that's right. Son. And, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, you, you said a lot of great things there. One, one point that sticks to my mind too. Um, I think you, it's interesting as you pointed out now that, you know, Bud Light, uh, Anheuser-Busch seems to have lost, I think in stock value. Uh, I read that as well. I think $5 billion in maybe just a, a few days or whatever. Um, I don't really know how they, how they come back from that son. You're right. That, that is a good sign. I mean, we, we've known son, uh, those of us who are Christians, uh, and, and who are conservative in our, in our beliefs and values. We've known for a long time that there are a lot of conservative people uh, in our nation. Um, you know, m- many of them are Christian, but, um, you know, some of them are, are, are conservative uh, in their in their social views, uh, but they don't yet know Christ. But there are a lot of conservatives. And, and so this is a very good sign um, because I, I think what happens, Son, is because the media and the activists and, and the tiny majority Majority of people who who are so pro trans, you know, and, and what I mean by that is they want to promote it, they want to push it, they they, they want to experiment on children, uh, they they want to keep children from uh, wise counsel from their parents on this, they want to turn them into transgender, little you know, and, and and we have so many that have done that now that are detransitioning and saying it's terrible and why did I ever do this? Uh, and of course, there's a huge suicide rate among transgender, so it, it's definitely um, an issue that people, anybody who who is led that way is has some very serious uh, issues they need counseling on uh, and God loves them and wants to help them. But, but it's encouraging that there has been this backlash against Bud Light. Uh, you know, I think what society is saying is, is you know what? I, I'm sick of this. I, I'm sick of being told that, that I have to buy into something that, that is anti-science, anti-biology, uh, ultimately it's anti-child. You, you, you can talk to your blue in the face about how, well, it, it's, it's helping uh, kids 
kids who are suicidal. Uh, I say that's baloney. Uh, it's making more kids suicidal. It's destroying many, uh, uh, really many bodies and many souls. It's leading people to do something so destructive uh, to their uh, to their own um, just well being. And and we can hope and pray, son. I, I, it would be a very good thing for our nation if Anheuser Busch, if that ship now that uh, ran into the iceberg, uh, 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 and, and they did was a, you know it was a as they call it sports song, it was a uh, it was an unforced error. Um, I mean, you know, a totally unforced error. But nothing uh, on this topic really could be better for our nation than for that ship to sink. Um, who cares about you know Bud Light or Bud Beer? I mean, if people want to have a beer, there are many options they can have. Uh, but but for the health of children, for the health of our nation, um, you know. Uh, and by the way, I mean with beer, you know, we always want to remind people. You know, I mean, the Bible speaks against drunkenness, and so a person always has to be careful if they're going to have a a beer or a glass of wine or whatever. Um, it can become very addictive. So so uh, you know, it's not something to 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 uh, toy around with. Um, but um, it doesn't mean that if you're a Christian and you have a beer or a glass of wine that that somehow that's evil, but, but it can, it can, it can get out of control very quickly. Having said all that, um, you know, we're saved by grace, uh, but it would be good for our nation. I think if Anheuser-Busch were to, um, completely sink for the good of the nation, I mean, they've made enough money. Um, it would send a message to every company in America that if you're going to keep pushing something so dangerous, so harmful, so destructive, so anti-scientific, um, and, and not even to mention um, anti-God, uh, you, you know, which is, you know, in our minds, I mean, that's the most important thing. Um, you know, it, it's a, it is a slam against our creator. It's a slam against his design. Um, so um, that would be good if, if that ship would sink, if people would just completely stop buying Bud Light for the sake of children. Um, and, and maybe some companies will wake up and say, you know what, if there's a tiny minority of people who want to push this on their kids uh, in their homes, um, then, uh, you know, that that's, I guess, between them and God and, and their family. Um, but, um, you know, I actually, I wrote an article, Son, um, not too long ago, and um, it was, uh, it was entitled, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll, it, it was about um, uh, church and state. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here while we're talking because it it really deals with this issue. And and I was really thinking about how you know this is something where um, you know they, they don't want um, you know, well we do have a separation of church and state. So I mean Christians aren't saying that Christianity should be. Uh, you know, should be taught in public schools, uh, but but we just can't have um, you know the state uh, you know keeping us from sharing our, our faith. Uh, but this article I wrote was entitled "The Separation of LGBTQ Church and State." So LGBTQ Church is basically this doctrine, this religion that is being pushed on people. And and one of the things I said there at the end of the article, Son, I said LGBTQ Church seeks to usurp the high calling God has given to parents. These crusaders forge ahead with their unrighteous efforts to proselytize your children. Activists should never be allowed to preach their dangerous ideology in public schools, but they are free to start private schools for that purpose. 
terrorists. America enjoys the freedom of religion, and the formation of LGBTQ parochial schools would not violate the Constitution. So you've already made it a religion, but it's not right that our tax dollars uh, are, are being used to fund the promotion that is going on in schools by teachers who are promoting this. So if you want to start your own your own parochial school with your religion, your LGBTQ religion, and push gay marriage and, and, and push transgenderism and see if anybody is willing to pay for that school. Um, the, the way that Christians now for so long have been willing to pay for Christian schools, even though they're also paying taxes. Um, you know, and that's what's why it's so great in my view that now there are these school choice bills like the one in Iowa where you're already paying the tax dollars. Uh, and so Kim Reynolds signed uh, the, the bill there where they're, they're going to start a allowing, um, you know, uh, some of these, uh, some of these families that send their kids to Christian schools to be receiving money, um, for that. So as I think about it, I, I, what I'm thinking about is it's letting you use your own tax money, um, to send your child to a private school so they don't get indoctrinated in LGBTQ church. And, and, and for those who want to do that, um, I personally, I, I think that's, that that's a good thing. Uh, many people have been pushing school choice for a long time because of how radical the schools have become and, and we see how radical companies are becoming with this transgenderism so you know it begins in the home it ends in the home what kids need to hear from their families is the truth on these matters and and, and the state needs to stay out of preaching their doctrines to kids their lgbtq doctrines it, it, it is just a it's a false religion if they want to tout it as true and they can talk to their blue in the face about you know tolerance and and all this and that well they're trying to reach children with a message that is very very destructive and um you know, I'm just thankful, Son, that there are so many Christian parents today that are, are choosing to homeschool, um, uh, and also Christians who are choosing to get involved in their public schools where their tax dollars are going, and they're going to school board meetings, and they're, and they're challenging books that have, you know, pornography and, and X-rated material and, and R-rated material, you know, bad stuff in it, you know, they, and sexually, sexual content that, um, you know, the, the children and youth uh, have no business being exposed to. Um, so, um, these things are all going on and everything we were talking about today, son, there's, there's light and darkness going on all the time. When we get to heaven, there'll be no darkness, only light. Um, and, but in the meantime, uh, we're called to be, uh, faithful to the Lord, whether it's in Hollywood, um, in our, in our communities, uh, but, but first and foremost in our home and with our family and, uh, and the Lord will help all those who are willing, uh, to rely on him, trust in him and be led by him. Yeah, Dan, we know it's probably time also for some of the silent conservatives to maybe speak up a little bit more and try to push back against that onslaught of outcry yeah. that the other side is doing. Let them know that, hey, you know, you guys might be the squeaky wheel right now, but there's just as many people on this side that are against or not in line with what you're talking about. Well, uh, and Son, if I may just throw in here real quick. To your very point there, Son, I, I think the 
the trans, the LGBTQ church folks, I think they are so alarmed at how many bills have been passed in states all across the nation. Uh, for example, you know, saying that um, we're, we're not going to let uh, males compete uh, compete in in women's you know girls' sports. You know, even if they're even if they identify as transgender, we're not going to let these biological males uh, do that. I mean, there are laws that are are, are happening all across America. America in reaction to this and 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 necessary laws. So um, you know there there are people trying to to protect uh, uh, children in public schools from this this false religion, this LGBTQ religion. Um, what what Florida? Uh, what DeSantis uh, signed a law that uh, basically says that, you know, schools are not allowed to address LGBTQ content. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to remember, son, did it go all the way through 12th grade? I hope so. But it certainly went up, up to a certain grade. Um, that's the sort of law we need um, to protect kids from this false religion. Um, and and I, I think there are um, there are many, many things. I mean, I think I think this article I read is something like 160 bills have been passed across the nation. And these trans activists are just beside themselves you know, they don't know which way to turn. And but you know, sound the same thing is happening now with Budweiser, Anheuser Busch. I mean, once you put that big of a hole in your ship, okay, um, you you can try to spin it any old way you want. People pull out, and that's what's happening in America. Um, people are pulling out from uh, you know getting away from this this radical trans agenda, this radical LGBTQ church agenda. And uh, you know, um, the more they do that, son, the 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 more it bodes well for the for the future of america yeah and we'll see and then of course you know you've got this uh next election that's coming up not too far off and so that'll be another uh, potential game changer as well uh, oh yes dan we thank you so much for your time coming on and sharing these things and uh putting those articles out there that we talk about and discussing other things as well and um we look forward to uh many more conversations god willing Oh, I do as well, son. Thank you so much for all that you're doing, and and uh, I'll look forward to our next visit. And for those of you listening, hey, check out our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Just click on the Sanctified Reason podcast logo, and all of our past episodes will pop up, and you can listen to them as well. Or you can just listen anywhere you listen to podcasts and uh, check them out. And if you like them, tell a friend. And so with that, I'd like to thank you for listening. And until next time, God bless.